This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. I hope that you've had a good week so far and it started very well for you uh, because it is a big one, of course, with it being the end of the transfer window and it ending with a match against Manchester United on Sunday. So big things to come and hopefully some really exciting times ahead as well. A good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Uh, Black Shine, good morning to you, to Lynn, to Jimbo, to Carl, good morning to Richard uh, Biggis. Uh, we've got Shari, uh, we've got uh, Lynn, uh, Dave, Clock Orange, uh, Zlatko, Martin, Vivian, Jose, uh, Olawale as well. Plenty of our regulars in the chat box, I can see, and some irregular people uh, as well. Uh, Derek, good morning to you, to Trader, uh, Mike, of course, and uh, yes, everybody else joining us in the chat box that I can see too. Fantastic to see so many of you. As always, do drop a like, subscribe if you're new. And of course, if you are indeed interested in getting more information about when the shows are dropping, turn those notifications on by hitting that little bell notification. And hopefully, if YouTube's not having a bit of a moment, it might tell you when indeed we do go live. Um, so yeah, throughout the season, I'm looking forward to bringing you more evening shows. Um, transfer window has been hectic and crazy, but hopefully we'll have more for you as the uh, weeks go on and into the season with regular guests, regular podcasts, things like that. But uh, the 8am show sticking around as per for the foreseeable future. Right then, let's crack on with today's stories, shall we? First of all, Arsenal's under 21, sadly losing at Nottingham Forest. Um, Mehmet Ali, I feel as though it's a big season for him, I think, Mehmet Ali, you know. Arsenal's under 21s, uh, what they might do in the EFL trophy, of course. They had a good result against Swindon the other day. Jack Wilshere's got a lot of respect around his name and what he's done with the under-18s is really good. And there's pressure, I think, on Mehmet Ali to deliver something good this season with the under-21s, with the caveat, of course, now that there's players like Ethan Wineri there, Mario Koja Dubri still there, Raul Waters, Lino Souza. These players need to take another level um, to their game and and obviously I think there's going to be some pressure on Mehmet Ali to deliver this season um, so yeah I'm hoping 
Um, I'm hoping at least uh, that what we see is some improvement uh, in the team going forwards and uh, in this game against Nottingham Forest. Sadly, it couldn't be delivered. Uh, Nicolas Pepe, uh, constant rumours surrounding him. There is hope that his future will indeed be resolved before the end of the summer. German clubs now, according to reports in Deutschland, are uh, suggesting that he indeed could be moving to the Bundesliga, which would be a very interesting move, I think, for him. Who those clubs are, we still are awaiting the identity of, but those reports in Germany claiming that indeed Pepe is of interest to some German sides. Saudi Arabian teams, as well as we know, also interested in Nicola Pepe. Um, but still no resolution at the moment, still nothing uh, to suggest that Pepe will be leaving imminently, but just interest right now. We heard about those Besiktas rumours. They've gone very, very quiet. Saudi rumours as well gone a little bit quiet, but they are being mentioned. But now German clubs apparently interested also in Nicolas Pepe. Emil Smith-Rowe is indeed, it seems, on the list of players that Chelsea are considering to add to their team before the end of the season, we know that they've been linked with a number of attacking players, Rafinha being one of those as well. But Smith Rowe is on the list of players Chelsea are potentially keen on. Um, I find this story concerning, um, to be honest. I find this a very, very difficult one to discuss. I wrote a piece about the hypocrisy that I myself feel about this deal. Because whilst I have sat here and justified the likes of Kieran Tierney moving on, because I feel like that's the right thing, he's not getting minutes, bring him back next summer and then the value is going to go up or maybe he can get back into the team. You know, and I've said before to people, like, if players aren't playing, you know, and, and they're not getting into the team and Smith Rowe's not in my best Arsenal eleven, you know, there are players like Fabio Vieira and Trossard potentially ahead of him it's really difficult to see where the minutes are going to go. But the fact of the matter is you can't sell Smith Rowe. I just feel as though you cannot. Like, it's a different scenario. It's a different player. He's come through the academy. He's been such a key part for us in the last few years. He effectively, there's a good argument that the man, you know, had a really, really important factor in saving Arteta, you know, during that season where we did still finish eighth. But that Boxing Day performance against Chelsea and went on, to be a crucial part of that team throughout the course of the rest of the season and then into the following season as well. He was so key in keeping Arteta, you know, arguably in a job if indeed that the results had got worse, you know, that then indeed he wouldn't have been. So Arteta gave him the faith to get him back into the team. But my goodness, did Smith Rowe do such a huge bit of work in keeping Arsenal uh, on the straight and narrow and moving towards progression. Look, I, I, it would be very, very difficult um to have any kind of discussion not critical about Arsenal if they let Smith Rowe go. Uh it would be very testing indeed. So I'm hoping he stays. I'm hoping he gets um into the Arsenal squad. I'm hoping he gets minutes. I've been talking you know for some time about the fact that when the Carabao Cup and the Champions League games come, there's going to be minutes for Smith Rowe. But yeah, seeing him leave before the end of the window I think would be terrible. Really, really terrible. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens. Speaking of players and key players in the squad leaving, Gabriel Magalhaes remains, as far as I'm aware, not for sale. But questions seem to continue lingering around the potential for Gabriel to leave the club. Now, there are rumours, I think, that the club, the Saudi Arabian side, um, Al-Itihad, are looking at other defenders because Arsenal have been very headstrong in their approach regarding Gabriel saying he's not for sale. 
it's so interesting, isn't it, that of course that he's not in the team. And there's continual rumors and suggestions that there's more to this story than meets the eye. There's conflicting reports. We've seen I've seen, you know, colleagues of mine, contemporaries of mine suggest that they feel as though there's more to this story than meets the eye. And it's really difficult to it's really difficult to suggest that this would be a move that makes any sense. We cannot let him go. He is really, really important. He needs to start the next game against Manchester United in the usual back four um, as we move and shift, you know, and, and change the team around. But I hate seeing these rumours. I'm almost kind of longing for the window to close at this point um, and hoping that indeed these rumours don't turn into anything more than they are right now, which is hopefully just rumours. Uh, and lastly to discuss is that kind of linked to Gabriel is that Sammy Mottbell reporting yesterday that, you know, Mark Gehi is being considered as a potential replacement for the not for sale Gabriel. And if he's not for sale, where are these leaks coming from as potential replacements? I don't think there's any player on the planet really that is accessible between now and the end of the window that can replace Gabriel. Um, and I was told, you know, on the opening day of the season against Nottingham Forest when he was dropped, that it was purely tactical. That's what I was told. Um, by someone who is very connected within the club, uh, that it was purely tactical as to why Gabriel was indeed dropped for that game against Forest. So I don't really get where the idea that Mark Gehi, um, who is is a good player, don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he's just not um, he's just not the same level as Gabriel, and because of that. Um, it would make little to no sense to to swap them. Um, and the type of figure that I would accept for Gabriel, you know, I've seen reports of, I think Fabrizio said 200 million pounds would not be enough to get, uh, to get Gabriel out the door. So yeah, very, very difficult indeed. And I'm just kind of longing for this window to close and hoping that Arsenal can bring somebody in of which sadly this morning, if you're tuning in, hoping to see some links to some new players, I'm sad to say that, I have nothing. I have nothing for you. There is no players being linked really to Arsenal um, as forward signings, as additional defensive signings. I know Gehi, we've mentioned here as a, as a replacement for Gabriel, but certainly not a player that we're looking to bring in if Gabriel stays. But at the moment, there is no sign of, of something. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that nothing's happening. We know that Arsenal likes to do their business as quietly as possible, and we could see something dramatically change in you know think about when the Urian Torbit uh, Timber story popped up think about when the Fabio Vieira story popped up think about when the Matt Ryan thing happened you know there's always potential that something can pop out of nowhere and that this week could be very chaotic indeed but let's wait and see we'll be back tomorrow morning of course to bring you uh, anything that happens during the day and anything that we might expect to happen but things are I'm told you know happening behind the scenes um, but we are still very much quiet on names and that's the state of play uh, where we are right now right let's move to part two and your questions right after this i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, let's jump into the chat box, shall we? And tackle some of your thoughts and feelings, queries, theories, questions, all that lovely stuff. um, And try and make sense of some of the questions that we might have. Um, It's going to be a tough one, but we're going to take some of them because I can already see some tough questions are coming in. Um, I can see Zuntas, according to the Times... Arsenal are willing to sell Emile Smith-Rowe. Uh, let's have a quick check and see if we can find this news story from the Times. Um, uh, it'd be great if I could find it uh, the Times. Let's have a quick check. Um, so I can't find this story yet. So if you want to drop me a link, if someone wants to drop me a DM, um, I will try and address that story. But at the moment... Um, I can't seem to find it. Oh, hold on. Uh, Simon Phillips reported on his substance that Chelsea are way up a move for um, Smith-Rowe. According to the Times, here we go. Uh, is there anything in this story to suggest that it might be... Um, let me just see if I can access the article. I know this is really, really powerful viewing, um, this, but uh, let me just see if I can... Find the bit about Smith Rowe. That would be great. I don't think I can, uh, Sally. I think it's behind a paywall, but I can't read it. But apparently the Times are reporting that, but I can't confirm that because I can't read the bit because it's behind a paywall. So sadly, I can't get to that bit. Um, let's go to uh, Henke Ho. says, do you have any player you want to ask them before the window closes? Yeah, you know, I'd love to see Mohamed Simakan or Benjamin Henricks brought in. Either one of those two, I think, would be really good additions to the squad between now and the end of the window in a forward sense, you know, what forwards are available. Nico Williams is obviously a player I like. Pedro Gonçalves is another one I like. I'd love to see Arsenal bring in a forward player, but I just can't see it happening. The necessity for me is like we have to bring in a defender, in my opinion. I think the forward play, you know, if the right player isn't there, I don't mind waiting for uh, January um, for a forward. I think we have enough forwards to, to last us until at least January, but I would love to see us bring someone in then. You know, it's really important that we do like we did last season, of course. But this summer, you know, for me, we have to make sure we bring in a, a defender. Um, who kn- who knows, though, really? It's a lot of money. Um, it depends what, Cody, a lot of money is. Um, it depends how much money is being offered for uh, for uh, Gabriel or Smith-Rowe if to, indeed one of those teams were to come into it. Roy says, is Arteta a bit binary in his man management? Binary in what way? Binary suggests it's one or the other. Um, and I think, ironically, he's actually trying to change more uh, to become far less binary, Roy. So I, I guess it depends on what you mean. But uh, I think he's got certainly more than one. Uh, he showed that he's got more than one strategy this season. We've used a different formation against Man City that we have in the opening three games. So I think there are... Um, you know, differences to the way in which he wants to set up the team. Uh, Mike says, do you think it is Gabriel expressing a desire to go rather than originating from the club? That's certainly not what I've heard. Um, all I've heard from Gabriel's, you know, side of things is that, you know, he's very committed to Arsenal. He's happy at Arsenal. Um, that's why he signed a brand new contract only a few months ago. So, no, I've not heard anything to suggest that's the case 
uh, Mike, to be honest. Uh, MJ10 said, I did say that the only players who will fetch a big sum are the ones that we don't want to go. I'm fairly confident Gabriel will stay and people are taking advantage of him being on the bench. I think that's probably uh, where I lie as well, MJ10, yes. Uh, Clock Orange says, Tom, is it because Arteta is looking to play three at the back and wants a more technical left-back than Gabriel? If that was the case... I don't know why he signed him, you know, because you know, Gabriel was his first investment, really, uh, as a player. You know, that £25 million investment that we made in Gabriel. Um, I don't know why we would sign a player or he would sign a player that he didn't think was technical enough anyway. So I don't think that's the reason. I think he rates Gabriel. I think he thinks it's going to be an important part of his squad this season. And I think we just haven't seen the formation yet that's accommodated him. And I think we should see that the weekend. If we don't see Gabriel and Havertz on the bench at the weekend, then I've got some serious questions because I'm moving in a direction where I'm like, well, we're going against Man United. So obviously Partey and Rice will go in midfield with Odegaard. Then you play White, Saliba, Gabriel's Zinchenko, you know, or Kivior at left-back if you want to go with the full-back four type of situation. But I can't, for the life of me, come up with a theory as to why he wouldn't do that. It wouldn't make any sense for anything else. Um, MM says, is it me or are we losing depth at the, as the window comes to a close? Well, not yet um, is the answer. I know people think that Kieran Tini moving out is losing depth. And, you know, by the definition of numbers and counting it is. But, you know, for me, we have a lot of players in that left-back role. He doesn't play in the system and the style that Arteta wants and wasn't going to play enough minutes. So I don't mind Kieran Tini leaving on loan. I know a lot of people don't agree with that and that's fine. You know, I personally see the benefit of that loan deal. But uh, I, I, I don't think that it's justifiable to allow Smithrow and Gabriel to leave this late on in the window. Mark says, Tom, do you think Arteta lacks the same management skill to keep players feeling wanted like Pep does? I don't think that's to do with Arteta, Mark, to be honest. You know, the, the benefit that Pep has right now is the Man City are the best club in the world that are winning trophies hand over fist. You know, you can keep players happy because they're going to be winning things. Arteta needs to prove that Arsenal is a club that are going to be doing that this season. So I think that's the difference. And that's why he perhaps cannot do it in the same way that Pep can right now. Um uh, Derek says Tom Gabriel and Smith Rowe uh, will be sold I've seen these scenarios before no smoke without fire I can't lie I'm now worried about this season zero noise about incomings uh, Derek I hope that you're wrong my friend uh, I hope that you're wrong uh, Pavel says I hope Arteta won't do this to him it'll be too much for the fans uh, I agree I, I really hope Arteta doesn't do it to himself in some ways and also you know if, if he leaves I feel as though, you know, he said things like, the. I think in the press conference he did before the, the Fulham game, he said something along the lines of what the club do is, you know, down to them. You know, I feel as though as manager, he's got to take some responsibility. It can't just be pointed at the club to say, well, the club wanted to sell him. We needed the money. You know, if you're the manager, I think you've got to pull your weight and, you know, put your foot down and say, no, we cannot sell this player. I need this player. And if he is going to go you better be signing me a blooming good player in replacement uh, if he is indeed going to go. Uh, Darren says, will Arsenal regret not signing Kudus? I think so, but let's wait and see. Uh, Vanaduti says, didn't Arteta say Gabriel knows why he's not playing? This seems to be a great comment to put the rumours to bed. Yeah, he knows why he's not playing because in my opinion, I agree with Arteta and I believe Arteta is that tactically he's trying something different to start the season you know, to kind of in prep for different moments throughout the rest of the campaign. I think he knows that's the reason. Uh, I think that is a positive one. Benji says, if we were to target Marcus Edwards as a right-wing backup, would you be happy with that? I like Marcus Edwards. Even though he's a former Spurs player, I'm very impressed with what he's done at Sporting. So I think bringing him into the team would, would be a pretty 
good addition, to be honest. You know, I like Marcus Edwards. I think he provides some, some real quality to the depth of that forward line. Uh, Gunnar Jakes says, Tom, in my opinion, I think if we was to sell Gabby, he would have been an unused sub in all of the games. Um, you could see the passion when he came off the bench against Palace. Do you think it's simply a fallout? Um, I don't think there's a fallout at all, uh, Jake, to be honest at all. No, I'd be very surprised if that was the case. I'm not saying categorically, 100%. It's not because I don't know for a fact, but I'd be very, very surprised if there's been a fallout between the player and the manager. Uh, A1 says, with what Arteta is trying to do with Havertz, is Jesus not better suited to that role if Eddie is playing centre forward? No, I don't think so. I don't think I'd play Jesus in the role that Havertz is currently occupying alongside Odegaard. I think, if anything, Jesus is kind of an option to rotate with Saka. If you want to give Saka a bit of a rest, you can bring Jesus into that right flank and play Eddie through the middle if you want to do that. So, no, not for me right now. I wouldn't be playing Jesus where Havertz is. I would be playing Vieira, though, based upon what I saw in the last game. I'd love to see more of Vieira this season if that's what he's going to produce in his performances. Um, I always feel like I've got to keep an eye on the bottom of the chat just in case my microphone starts to go really strange again. But hopefully... It won't. Uh, Ginger Guna says, Timber being injured seems to have a few people worried. Do we need to buy a player or a loaner player? Uh, I'd buy a player. You know, I think you need to buy someone good enough that can compete even when Timber comes back. So Simbakan, I think, would be the perfect option for me. But uh, it doesn't seem that that's going to be happening. I think I saw a report saying from RB Leipzig that they wouldn't be letting him leave at this stage of the window either. Uh, Nick says, we really need to keep Gabriel and Smith-Rowe. If they go, it's a throwback to the Wenger years when it always felt like we'd go one step forward and two steps back. You have to keep your quality players. Absolutely. The thing with Smith-Rowe is, right, and I said I wrote about this yesterday, the piece you can read on football.london, is that like I feel like such a hypocrite with the Smith-Rowe thing. And I and the reason why I feel like hypocrite is because if I was to pick my best Arsenal eleven, Smith Rowe's not in the team, right? My best Arsenal eleven is at the moment um, Raya Dale, <laughs> because I think genuinely either of them um, could pick. I'd pick Ramsdale right now, but you know, but I tell you what, after that international break, just keep your eye on uh, David Raya and, and how many minutes he starts to get. But Ramsdale, Ben White, Saliba, Gabriel Zinchenko. Um, Partey and Rice, Erdegaard, um, Saka, Jesus and Martinelli. That's my best Arsenal team. You know, that's that's what I would say is my best Arsenal team. You know, forget form, forget fitness right now. If you're just picking a team on paper, for me, that's the best team. And then I start thinking, where does Smith Rowe come in? Well, if if, if uh, Jesus isn't fit, and Ketia has done a great job, and for me has shown me that he can play that centre-forward role and score. So if Jesus isn't playing, and Ketia's in, you know, if Zinchenko's not playing, Timber's in. If White's not playing, Timber's in. You know, Timber's very yeah, close to that forward line. Um, if you can't pick Martinelli, I'm picking Trossards, not Smith-Rowe. You know? And I feel as though if... Rice isn't there or Partey's not there, then at the moment, you know, Vieira has shown that in that last game is very good. I think the one player that I look to if if you are going to play Smith Rowe, it's probably Erdegaard. You know, if Erdegaard's not there and you take him out of the team, it's probably Smith Rowe coming into that position there for me. And I think that Arteta might probably play Vieira, to be honest, if he was given the choice. And that for me means that Smith Rowe is one player or maybe two away from getting into Arsenal's best team. But 
if we're going to be playing our best team week in, week out, and that sort of thing, because uh, people don't like apparently change too much um, or too much rotation based upon how I've seen the reactions to the first three games of the season, then it's difficult to see where Smith Rowe is going to get enough minutes to justify his own view. And you've got to put yourself into the shoes of Smith Rowe. If Smith Rowe's not playing week in, week out at that age, can you blame him for wanting to go? And then you've got the, the contradiction of saying, well, how, can you point the finger at Arteta for not starting him in enough games? Because if you want to start him, you've then got to drop Erdegaard or Martinelli or Trossard or, you know, Rice or Partey um, to try and get him into the team in some way on a regular enough occasion that his mind changes to wanting to stay at the club. And that's the contradiction is that I, I don't know if we can offer Smith Rowe enough minutes to convince him that for the rest of his career, and that's what we're talking about here. If we're saying that Smith Rowe cannot be sold, we have to be saying that what we need to do is say that Smith Rowe is going to get into this team regularly regularly enough. Let's try that at 8am every day. Regularly enough that he's not going to have any ambitions to leave to play week in, week out somewhere else. Does that make sense? I feel like it makes sense. That's the contradiction that I have, is that you've got to try and justify Smith Rowe staying which i think is easy because he's good enough to be depth but what if smith rowe doesn't want to be depth well i can't guarantee if i'm arteta smith rowe enough starts in this squad even with the benefit of cups and champions leagues to make me think that he would want to stay you know and in that case if he then wants to go what's the price tag you know how much are you then willing to sell him for because and how much a club's going to be willing to pay for a player that like Tierney, has barely played. Yes, he's homegrown in this case and uh, and has consistent injury uh, concerns. That's the thing. It's like, it's really difficult. I'm not going to place a price on his head from my perspective because I genuinely don't know what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is uh, in terms of Smith Rowe's price tag. I'd rather not think about it, to be honest, because like I know that it's easy for me to say, oh, I've won 100 million. No one's paying 100 million for Smith Rowe. Let's be real. You know, no one's going to pay that. Um, are people going to pay 80 million? I don't think so. Are people going to pay 60 million? I don't think so. It's really hard. You know, it's really hard. Um, but uh, let's wait and see. I think he's worth, I'm not saying that he's not worth more than 60 million in my head. I think he is. You know, I wouldn't want to accept 60 million personally for Smith or I think that's underselling his talent. But I don't think anyone would pay that right now. So that's the, the confliction. That's where my head's kind of at um, with, with Smith-Rowe. Uh, Dan says, would you take a Smith-Rowe-Mudrick swap deal? And this is something that I've seen a couple of people talk about before. Now, Mudrick, like Havertz, struggled at Chelsea. Who's to say that Mudrick wouldn't also struggle at Arsenal? I don't know. Who's to say that it wouldn't take time? Uh, who's to say that, you know, anything about that deal makes sense for us? Because Mudrick is a left-sided player, Right. And I don't start Mudrick over Martinelli. I don't start Mudrick over Trossard. So we're in the same situation as we find ourselves in with Smith-Rowe. If I swap Smith-Rowe for somebody, anybody, it's got to be someone good enough to start, in my opinion. And Mudrick isn't good enough to start for Arsenal. I like Mudrick. I liked him at uh, Shakhtar Donetsk. I really was keen on him joining Arsenal at the time. I thought he was a talent. I still think he's a talent. I think that in the right environment, he might flourish. I don't know if Chelsea is that environment. You know, I think he might end up moving to the continent. I can see him at somewhere like Milan and doing really, really well, maybe. Um, but I think with somebody like 
um, Mudrick coming to Arsenal, he doesn't start for us. So it wouldn't be justifiable to make that switch because it doesn't change the situation. And I'd rather have Smith-Rowe, who can play in more positions than Mudrick, than, uh, yeah, I'd rather have Smith-Rowe, who can play in more positions um, than Mudrick can. So it makes sense. Smith-Rowe can play at 10. I think there's scope for him to play attacking eight. He can obviously play a, a wide left playmaker role. Uh, he could arguably play as a false nine, you know, whereas Mudrick is a left winger. That is what Mudrick is. So despite these suggestions that that, that could be a deal that Arsenal would be open to, um, yeah, I can't I can't see that being, you know, and, and selling him to Chelsea anyway is just not okay. Like, I'm just not okay with it. Like, just for just to get that out there, you know, selling to Chelsea is a no-go. Like, I don't mind selling, like, some players leaving to Chelsea. You know, if it was Nicolas Pepe, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not saying outright you cannot sell to Chelsea ever. But what I am saying is that Smith Rowe is a no, is a solid no. And you just don't do that. Um, and you just don't allow that to happen. I think it erodes trust as well, you know, in the in the club, in the manager, in Edu. You know, if they're smart, they wouldn't do this. Um, I'm hoping that it's just rumours kind of, not malicious rumours, but just rumours just for the sake of rumours and that there is no intention from up high to allow that type of deal. Because I tell you what, you know, for all the good and all the praise I've handed to Arteta and Edu, and I think the club have done some really good business. And I think the recruitment's on the right track. And I think the fact that we're making sales that are better. I, I left Balogun in the headlines. So I wanted to actually talk about Balogun as well. You know, Balogun, there's been conflicting reports about his price tag. Fabrizio Romano says 40 million euros. Fabrice Hawkins came out yesterday again, um, our RMC Sport, who were very well connected, and said 45 million euros. So we're still kind of waiting on what the official price tag is. I told you a week ago, I heard it was about 38 million pounds. You know, the, the 40 million euros suggests it's about 34. The 45 million euros suggests it is indeed that 38. So I think it depends on, on, you know, what kind of final price tag we start hearing at the time. Um, but that's, I, I heard 38 million quid uh, around that kind of figure. But um, yeah, it's it's difficult to see when we've done so well in proving like how much we're getting in, in sales. You know, we might break 100 million in sales this summer, which would be amazing. You know, and a real like stamp for Edu, we broke 100 million in sales. Fair blooming play, you know, like really, really well done. If we break that 100 million, it's great. Um, and I think the players that we brought in, Rice, Timber, you know, uh, Raya. And I'm interested to see what happens with Havertz. I know the jury's very much out with Havertz right now. Um, but uh, I'm intrigued to see if, you know, throughout the course of the season, he does come good and starts putting some people to shame. I really hope so. Um, but if we were to sell Smith Rowe, I think it does erode some trust. It does erode some of the good work that's been done. Because you, for me, have got a, you've got to work Smith Rowe into the plans. You've got to give that kid a chance because there is no doubt the quality that he's got. So stop leaving him on the bench. Give him opportunities. You know, you could have taken Martinelli off against um, Fulham and given Smith Rowe a chance in that game, even when we needed a goal. I just feel as though he's not being given the opportunity. I think if, you know, I've said before and defended Arteta in terms of substitutions at times, if there is one player that I don't agree with the treatment of in terms of minutes, it is Smith Rowe. I do think he needs to be given more opportunities. So, yeah, for those that think I don't criticise Arteta, 
There you go. There's a criticism. I think he should be given more chances to Smithrow. Uh, Wesbo says, I was under the understanding that Smithrow was being moulded into being Erdegaard's replacement, but maybe that's not the case now. Sad if he leaves and he does, it's imperative. And if he does, it's imperative that it's not to a rival. Um, the idea of Smithrow leaving on loan, which has not been talked about, not been reported, not been discussed. So don't, don't assume that this is a story. This is me speculating and like theorizing. If he was to leave on loan, and he extended his contract by a year, and he went to like the continent for a year and played for a full season. I think that would be really beneficial for Smith Rowe. The problem with that is that I think we need him for depth. You know, if we have a couple of injuries, all of a sudden he's playing, you know? But that is, it's it's relevant only if we have those injuries. The idea of Smith Rowe going for a season away on loan, I think would be really good for him as an individual. If I'm thinking unselfishly, if I'm thinking from an Arsenal perspective, I want to keep him. Emil Smith loan, <laughs> you know, and I think that, that that would be a really good move for him and he would probably be open to it as well to get regular game time at a really good club away from uh, away from England, perhaps. Um, that'd be a really good move if we could extend his contract. But I just, I just think from a selfish point of view, we need to keep him. Um, you know, we need to make sure we keep hold of him. Um, so if I'm Brighton, by the way, after all the money that I've got, and I think I actually saw Brighton mentioned in the chat box. Uh, where was that comment? Uh, I'll give them credit. Where was it? Someone said about Insisco having, yeah, it is uh, here today. It says Smith Road to Brighton on loan as Insisco has had knee surgery would be ideal if he isn't playing. Now they wouldn't do that deal. I'll tell you what, they wouldn't do that deal. The reason why is because they were really burned by the Levi Colwell situation. You know, they got him on loan. He did brilliantly. They developed a player for Chelsea and he went back to Chelsea worth a lot more money than he's, you know, than he was. And and Brighton would not want to take, in my opinion. I don't think anyway. Same as Lokonga, I, th- I think as well. I don't think Brighton would want to take a player on loan without an option or an obligation to buy in that that contract. Brighton want control. Brighton don't want to develop somebody else's player. You know, it's more important to them to make money and to improve their own assets. So it'd be very surprising to me if, if Brighton signed anybody on loan of that caliber again after what happened with Colwell. So I could imagine Brighton using the money that they've built to send in a massive bid for Smith Rowe. I think that if I was if I was in charge of Brighton, I don't want to you know force this into the universe. But if I was Brighton, I'd be putting in a massive bid for for Smith Rowe. So I think it would be a great move for him, a great move for them, um, and he fits straight into their kind of setup of attacking players. You know, imagine you know him in the forward line with uh, with Ferguson and Mitama and you know players like that, and Balaba who's coming in in midfield. So you know, if I was them, that's what I would do. I don't want them to do it, but uh, I think that move makes a lot of sense for Brian. Um, Tom says, can we include a recall clause for an, a Smith Rowe season long loan in case of an injury? That's not a bad idea. It's not even something I thought about, Tom. So if you were to send him on loan. For six for a year, and you had a recall clause in January. Yeah, that that certainly could be something. And Arsenal do tend to include, you know, uh, recall clauses into their loans. They've they've done it as far as I'm aware with pretty much all of them. I think Charlie Patino has a recall clause uh, in his loan deal to to um, where's he gone? Uh, Swansea. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that. That would be very, very feasible indeed. Uh, Benji says, loan into Brighton, Ajax or even Brentford. As an absolute worst-case scenario, he would shine at any of those clubs. Um, I think that the, the the bottom line is that you just you keep him. You know, I think that's got to be the bottom line. You can't sell Smithrow. You just can't. I know we spent a lot of time this morning on the Smithrow thing, but I think it obviously is a big trending topic right now. But if you are Arsenal, you just can't let him go. You've got to find a way of getting him into the team and playing him as much as feasibly possible. He doesn't start right now, but you've got to start giving him more minutes. 
you've got to start giving him more minutes because he can't leave this kid of that amount of talent just sitting on the bench week in, week out. And yes, the, the cup games and the Champions League are coming. But I have a fear that when the Champions League comes around, he's still not going to be in the team. That's my worry. So I'm hoping that that doesn't turn out to be the case. Um, Wesbird, are you concerned at all that Arteta can be stubborn at times? We'll play square pegs in round holes, which will be at the detriment of the team's fluidity. Uh, I absolutely think he can be stubborn. You know, that's that's the quality of a lot of managers, to be honest. Um, but uh, square pegs, round holes, I think he's had a lot of success in doing things that people thought was wrong. You know, a lot of people criticised him for putting Ben White right back. Look how that's turned out. Not such a square peg after all. Um, so I don't necessarily think so. I think that he can try things that don't work. But on the basis of this season, as I've talked about at length, and I'm not going to go into it again, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that we are still on the right path despite him tweaking and experimenting in the first half of this, well, in the first three games of this season. I right, says, so Tom, what's your honest thoughts on Ange Postacoglu at Spurs? I think he's the perfect manager for that squad as is right now. Now that they're, a, they're not focused on Harry Kane and just what Kane does, they needed a manager that was always going to be a project. And that is what Ange Postacoglu is going to do for them. Seems to have a good mentality, good philosophy about football. And I'm very concerned. Um... I'm not concerned for the season in terms of the long how the longevity of this campaign and where Spurs end up. I think they will drop points. But my early indications are is that he's been a good appointment for them. And yeah, we'll see how that one turns out in the long term. I think that to be honest, that Madison's been a better signing than Postacoglu has been an appointment. I think Madison is carrying them at the moment a bit. We talk about them being a team, but you know, Madison's been proved a very, very good signing. Indeed, it may prove me wrong in terms of the Havertz-Madison scenario. Um, so, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Uh, Alison says, uh, Tom, I do not understand why some fans are getting annoyed at Smith, uh, that Smithrow has not received any game time. We've only played three games so far. It's a long season with injuries to come. You will get more games. I think it's not just this season, but the end of last season. He was fit for a lot of the end of last season. I was told, you know, there wasn't a fitness issue and he wasn't being used from the bench. So I think, Alison, it's like a, it's not just the first three games. It's the end of last season as well. I think he can be given more minutes. Um, and I hope that we're proved, I hope that you're proven right, Alison, in that we see more of him uh, in what's coming as well. Uh, Ricky says, look at our upcoming schedule. If Arteta continues with this nonsense, we will be lucky to get top four. It's not nonsense because the evidence suggests it's not nonsense. And the statistics certainly back up the fact that it's not nonsense. I will agree that it would be pretty silly, though, to play the team that we've been playing against Man United. And I want to see Partey in the middle. And I want to see White at right back and Zinchenko come in and Gabriel come in. That's what I want to see, you know. So I'm on board with the Man United thing about the changing for the Man United game because I think you need to change depending on the opponent that you will face. But uh, it's not nonsense what we've done so far. I think the stats and the numbers back that up. But yeah, certainly for the Man United game, I do want to see changes um let's go to uh kish says musa diaby seems to be a great sign it would have been a great having uh him in our front line he doesn't start for us you know um he doesn't start in our team he's very good i like him but as we discussed when i did the kind of chat with with drew about diaby defensively he doesn't fit what arteta wants in a winger he's perfect for Uno emery I think people forget that when looking at signings is that they don't really look at what the situation they're in and the, the context of the, the club that they've gone into. They just look at them individually and think, well, he's doing really well. He would have done great for Arsenal. But actually, he's a perfect Uno Emery winger. Um, I don't think he's a perfect Mikel Arteta winger. But he's very good, you know, and, and he's doing really, really well. 
at Villa so far. And he's in my fantasy team because I knew he was going to do well in that Unai Emery team. Uh, Benji says, Tom, this is such a blow. He was so good in pre-season and great at the Euros. It seemed like he was priming to explode and now there's links to a rival. No wonder people are upset. Oh, I can't I can't blame people for being upset if Smith Rowe is being linked with a move away. You know, I have absolute sympathy for people that are and empathy for people that are upset. And I'd be upset, really upset if Smith Rowe leaves to Smith Rowe. Very, very upset. As I say, I think it would erode trust between the fans and, and the regime. You know, a small a player leaving that's not been playing at all but Smith Rowe going to a rival is is oh, that's up there with one of the worst decisions this club could make. It really, really is. Um, Davey says, any chance that we bring in an attacker before the end of the season? What about Jonathan David? I doubt that Lille would allow that deal to happen this late. That's the issue with forwards and the players. That's why I said maybe January will be the time that we bring in another forward because I just don't know if the options are out there that clubs would allow to leave at this stage of the window. So there you go. Uh, if he says, no, you all are saying the tactics create more chances. Why against the tactics of Man United now? Because you know it'll be suicide. No, if he, it's not like that. That's a misrepresentation because the oppositions are different. Against Forest and Fulham and against Crystal Palace, these are clubs where you can take control and having more attacking players on the field can give you more opportunities. And that's reflected in the fact that we've had more attacking scenarios compared to the average last season. And more of those attacking scenarios have led to shots compared to last season as well. But when you go up against Man United, it's a different kettle of fish. And you tweak the team based upon the opposition you come up against. So, no, I wouldn't really attack people like that and laugh at people like that for suggesting that you know, making changes against Man United is highlighting that we know it's a mistake that it was played in that way in the first three games because that's disingenuous to what ultimately it is. Um, let's go to Magambo says, we are too dependent on Odegaard. He has many off games, but Arteta just doesn't want to give Smith Rowe time. Odegaard is, I mean, when you say dependent on Odegaard, there's a reason for that. And that's because he's probably up there with the, being the best player in the team, you know? So that's why we are, very reliant um, on on uh, Odegaard because he's one of easily the best players in this squad and very important to how we play. Um, let's go to Tok Roy says, the proceeds from the sale of Arsenal players immediately bring in Barella and Simakan and the January window brings in Evan Ferguson. Perfect. Yeah, if I knew it were that simple, it's almost like it's career mode, isn't it? I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not massively keen on Evan Ferguson at the moment. That might change. But there's something about focus on I need to be more convinced by. You know, at the moment, Danny Welbeck's starting a lot of games over him still. So, um, you know, I, I need to see more from Evan Ferguson before I get on that train uh, at the moment. Um, CJ says, uh, Arteta can't get rid of Smith Rowe for PR reasons. If season goes bad and Havertz has a stinker, as most of us are expecting, then he will face a lot of criticism, especially when he, Smith Rowe, will do well elsewhere. CJ Dan, by the way, I don't think it's most of you that, by the way, are thinking Havertz is going to have a stinker this season. I think it's a very vocal minority. I think that, you know, it's really easy to jump on social media and YouTube comments and be really slamming of, of Havertz. And it's a lot harder to be supportive when it seems like the vocal uh, ones are being so critical of him. But actually, I think there is a huge number of people that are really excited about Havertz and waiting to see what he can do. So I'd, I think it would be, again, disingenuous to say that it's most of us are expecting Havertz not to do well. I think that's not correct in any way, shape or form. But what I do agree with is it would not be good for the club's image if they were to let Smith Rowe leave for a club like Chelsea. I certainly agree with that. Um, let's go to, um, 
I'm not going to be addressing that topic, by the way, in the chat. It's a solid no. Uh, Chris says, if we remember why we lost to Manchester United in September last year, then you would understand why we should return to the default formation of Rice and Partey. I mean, look at how good Rice and Partey were as a combination against Man City. That was the type of game in which I want to see that formation used as well. We were much more competitive. We stayed in the game for a really, really long time and so much so that we managed to somehow win that game. You know, we created plenty of chances as well. It should be Rice and Partey in the middle. If it's not Rice and Partey in the middle, I'm going to be very disappointed and I'm going to expect a very big, um, a very big, big performance and a justifiable performance for not starting those players. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, let's go to Phil says, if Jesus is fit to start, are you starting him against United or will you start? I think Nketiah should start. I think scoring again shows you that form is, is important here. Gabriel Jesus, you know, can come off the bench. Um, but the, him coming off the bench and scoring changed a lot for me. Like that had been one of the big criticisms of Eddie and Ketty that I had is that he came off the bench and weren't scoring. He wasn't impactful enough in those moments. Him doing that last game against Fulham really was a big, big cornerstone for me. And it was a really big moment for me in my view of Eddie and Ketty and changing the overall view for the future is the fact he came on and did that such a, a clutch moment for his career in the short term that yes, without a doubt, Nketiah should be starting the game against Man United um, on on Sunday over Jesus right now. And Jesus will have to work his way back into the team. First couple of games, you know, he didn't do enough for me to say, oh, if Jesus is fully fit, Jesus comes back in, you know. Yes, he scored against Forrest in a game which he had one, two chances. And then obviously he missed those chances against Crystal Palace. And for me, um, Eddie and Ketty coming on in that moment was really important. Uh, Magama says, I mean, they were a man down. They weren't a man down when Nketiah scored, right? They weren't a man down when Nketiah scored at all. So uh, it was 11 against 11 um, when Nketiah scored. So, yeah, uh, I don't think that's relevant in any way, shape or form. CJ Dan says, have you come around? Any? No, not yet. I think, and you know, I, I spoke to Eddie after the game uh, in the Emirates Cup when he scored against Monaco. Uh, we we spoke to him after that game and a lot of the questions were, how do you feel about stepping in for Jesus? How do you feel about standing in for Jesus? And, you know, he needs to change the run. I was speaking to someone at the club about this as well, is that, you know, the, we have to change. Like the, the conversation around Eddie has got to change, but he has to do that himself. He has to do that in his, his interviews. He has to do that on the pitch with his performances. He has to be the one to change the conversation. And he can do that by doing what he did against Fulham, which is coming off the bench. Great movement, great finish, great goal. That's your contribution. Absolutely smashing it. And to come around on Eddie is going to be all about, is he be able to do this on a consistent basis? Is he going to be able to do it week in, week out, score goals? If he's on the bench, come off the bench, score, and change the conversation to, he's not back up to, to Jesus. He's a competitor for Jesus. That's his mission this season is to put himself into a position in the eyes of me, fans, everyone, that he is not the number two, is that he is a genuine option for that starting striker position. And he can only do that by taking the opportunities that he gets. And you can't say that he's not been doing that so far because in the first three games of the season, he's had a hand in, in a goal in every game. He's either won a penalty or he's scored. So, what more can you say about that? You know, fair play to him. And remember, the last time we played Man United at home, he scored two, one of those being very late on and was very, very important. 
indeed. Right then, uh, let's round the show off there. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Very much appreciate your time, as always. I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday, worst day of the week. So uh, my best wishes of luck to you. Um, I hope that you can make it through. I'm sure it's going to be fine. Um, but thank you to everyone that's listened and tuned in. It's very much appreciated. I hope you have a fantastic day and stay safe, stay well. Drop a like on the video. It would mean a lot if you could do that and subscribe. If you're listening on Catch Up, leave your thoughts down in the comment section as well on YouTube to let us know on any of the things that we've discussed today, how you're feeling. I try to respond to as many people as I can. Um, but thank you. And uh, yeah, I'll see you again very soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.